0: IBEC, the voice of Irish business.
1: Welcome to IBEC Voices. On this short episode, we are joined by IBEC Chief Economist Ger Brady and his colleague, Economist Hazel Ahern Flynn. They present the findings of the Q4 IBEC Economic Outlook, discussing themes including supply chain challenges, competitiveness, skills shortages and government supports to enterprise. Welcome to the IBEX podcast, Uh, we're launching today our Q4 economic outlook um, and we're really looking at the economy both into the end of 2021 and and into next year, into 2022, to see what's happening in the business community, what's happening in the broader economy and what we can look forward to over the coming year. Uh, I'm Ger Brady, IBEX Chief Economist, and with me is my colleague Hazel Ahern Flynn, our, uh, our economist. We're, we're in today, I suppose, in a, in a kind of a, a strange place. A, a couple of weeks ago, this might have been a very different uh, economic outlook for for at least the last quarter of this year. Uh, in that, we've seen a big change in, in the public health situation in, in Ireland at, at a fairly rapid pl- pace. Uh, we've also seen, um, I suppose really strong data in the last week, uh, in particular, that really underlines the story that we're telling in the Outlook about an economy that's seeing exceptional growth. Um, The best example of of what we know about that growth is that last week we saw three pieces of data that kind of underline it. One, we saw unemployment data that showed unemployment down down to a little under 7%. Um, if you go back to the financial crisis, just as an example, we started before the financial crisis in 2007 and, and early 2008 with about 5% unemployment. It went up at its peak to about 15 and 16% in 2010 and ten and eleven, and it took a decade to come back down to that 5% level again. In, in COVID, we started again at 5%. We went up as far as almost 30% and, and a little over it um, at times in 2020. It's kind of stayed up there while we've had lockdowns in the kind of mid-20s, low-20s and, and started coming down. But we're back down under 7% and, and looking forward, we think we'll be back down to that 5% mark again, probably sometime late next year or into early 2023, uh, more than likely late next year. Um, so, so the labour market really looks to be going very strongly. On the second part of the data we saw last week, that leads into this uh, really optimistic outlook for for next year in some you know, on the demand side, um, is that we saw exchequer returns um, that show tax take in Ireland is up about seven and a half billion on what it was not in 2020 but in 2019. We're about 11 billion up on 2020, about seven and a half billion up on 2019. So when you think about that, even stripping out the volatility of corporate tax. Um, it's an exceptional performance in terms of the, the the activity that's happening in the economy and then turning into tax receipts for the state. And it's a great leading indicator of, of how we can understand uh, the economy. And then the third piece of data we got was the national accounts for Q3, which again, backed up all of this kind of narrative um, that the demand side of the economy is going really, really well. And um, so... Both in the labour market and tax returns in the, in the national accounts data, which shows uh, things about investment, about consumer spending and all the rest, we're really seeing really strong data. And, and we're hearing it back from members across, across the different uh, 40 different sectors of IBEC now. Um, on the other hand, there's this big competitiveness challenge and this kind of change in the public health environment. Um, what we're seeing and probably the key message coming out of our outlook today that we're launching it with is, is saying, look, all of this strong growth and all of these strong tax returns mean that the government shouldn't withdraw support for economic sectors or lessen support for the economic sectors who are bearing the the significant part of the burden of uh, of the the restrictions that we're seeing and the renewed restrictions that we're seeing, and indeed the messaging and drop off in, in consumer activity on the back of that over the winter months. Uh, that that because we have this great growth, great tax returns in all the other sectors, we should be able to continue to support them well into 2022. And we should be able to continue to support them in key measures like the EWSS over the the next coming months. Um, And then finally, I think from my side, we look at the competitiveness outlook. We have high energy prices in Europe. We have supply chain uh, challenges throughout the global economy um, and look, we look at it in more detail in the outlook but really we do see those challenges continuing through into, into next year uh, and particularly the early part of next year. I might ask Hazel you to talk a little bit more about that and maybe about the labour market as well which is probably I guess the, the biggest and, and probably as we see it the most enduring potential competitiveness challenge facing us. Is, is that about right?
0: Yeah, thanks, Ger. Um I might start with the inflation piece and then, and then I'll, I'll get on to unemployment. As you say, that's probably going to be one of the, the main issues in terms of competitiveness and constraints on our growth over the medium term. Um, But starting with inflation anyway, um, if you look at the the headline rate we have at the moment, it's quite stark, up at 5.1%. I suppose the first thing to say about that is it's worth keeping in mind that 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 growth rate is calculated in comparison with the same period last year when we'd had um, falling prices for much of the year. So the the effect there in the numbers is that you get um, quite a stark inflation rate. But really, if you make a comparison between the price level we have now and what we would have seen Um, Over the same period, uh, just before the pandemic, inflation would be at about 3.5%. So there's no doubt that businesses are still feeling the impact of rising costs and the disruption in their supply chains. Uh, But maybe it's, it's it's also good just to keep those headline rates in proportion. Um, I suppose the other thing to say on inflation is that it's not just an Irish phenomenon. As Jair as outlined, uh, many economies are seeing rising prices at the moment. Uh, the two main drivers there are rising energy costs and um, a, a really rapid increase in the cost of shipping, in particular, uh, freight. Um, so I suppose there are some signs of light on the horizon. Uh, we're expecting that inflation will moderate uh, sometime around the middle of next year, uh, back down to an average of about 3.3% for the year as a whole. Um, Over recent weeks, what we've seen is that those high shipping costs have started to stabilize, um, but that's at a very elevated level. So, for example, if you look at um, shipping a typical container on one of the the major routes between, say, Southeast Asia and uh, Northern Europe, um, the the cost of sending that would be about five times higher this year as compared to last year. So while that that increase in shipping costs has slowed, it's at a very high level. Um, What we would expect is that sometime around the middle of next year, additional capacity in terms of shipping will be coming online, and then we'll start to see a moderation in those costs. Um, And then it's it's a similar story on the energy side of things, driving inflation. Uh, We'd expect that to remain elevated over the winter months um, as the the demand for energy and and home heating remain high. But again, we'd expect it to moderate uh, as we see additional supply coming through. Um, But for the moment, um, both consumers and Irish businesses alike are really feeling the impact of those costs.
1: So, so, Hazel, this is really like a, a story of the first half of next year looking quite a bit like what we're living with now in that a lot of those pressures, they, they may go away. And, and we've seen central banks talk about transitory, but be a bit vague about how how long transitory actually is. Um, they, they're kind of talking in years, uh, whereas businesses are thinking about it in, in months. Um, and, and the big threat then is that the prices remain elevated, right? That that inflation, the growth rate of inflation slows, but prices are still quite high relative to what they were before COVID. Is is that the danger really from a business point of view, rather than consistent rises in prices? It's actually about the level of of cost being higher than it was in the pre pandemic era.
0: That that's it, yes. Yeah. So so while we'd expect to see the growth rate slowing. The problem then is if you're left with that higher level of costs. And in particular, from an Irish perspective, our experience of inflation in the past is that as a um, uh, a globalised and quite an open economy and, and we're quite integrated into those global supply chains, when you see that bump in prices, um, they, they tend to persist within the Irish economy longer than you would see in, in other economies. So so that's a concern.
1: And, and Hazel, is it probably the case then on the labour market side? Could, could you give us a bit of an overview of, I know lots of our members are are obsessed with this at the moment because they're experiencing it and they're right in the middle of it. This, this kind of shortage of workers despite the pandemic and people trying to get their heads around what's happening there and how long will that last? And we've done a bit of analysis on it. Is this a kind of a long-term trend? Is it more persistent? When we talk about transitory versus persistent, is, is this more persistent than the, than the energy prices and the, and the supply chain problems we're facing in the short term?
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's it. The expectation is that the, the labor market piece is going to be the real persisting challenge uh, in terms of enabling our growth. Um, so as you mentioned earlier, um, it, On the one hand, it's been a very positive story in terms of unemployment coming down uh, more rapidly than we would have expected even at the beginning of this year. Uh, So we're now down to about 57,000 people on the pandemic unemployment payment uh, compared to almost half a million at the beginning of the year due to the various lockdowns. So that's a very positive story. But on the other hand, we're now seeing that an awful lot of businesses are having recruitment and retention problems on the back of it. Uh, And as you say, that's kind of a key question at the moment is how can you still have You know, north of 50,000 people unemployed, but at the same time, a skills shortage and in some cases a labor shortage, and really. The answer to that is when you look at who, who those people remaining on the pub are and about half of all people still on the payment are concentrated in a few sectors like hospitality, uh, a couple left in retail and then administrative work as well at the same time. Whereas the sectors that are really feeling the pinch are um, areas like finance, ICT, uh, those shortages are starting to become apparent in construction as well uh, now. On the back of our own analysis, looking at potential labour su- supply into the future, which is covered in a lot more detail in the Outlook, the expectation is that it is going to be a persistent problem over the, the next couple of years into the medium and the longer term in the absence of any kind of a policy response from the state or uh, in- increased productivity and efficiency to, to act as a, a counterpoint among business
1: and and that's core right that that migration might be lower in the post-pandemic period or even if it just returns to normal it was already on a kind of a bit of a downward trend particularly relative to to the mid-2000s and we also see an aging workforce you know so there are still more people joining than leaving the workforce every year but that number is is starting to come down that kind of net demographic gain that we've had um and then you kind of running out of unemployed people we're seeing by the end of next year, more or less, or into 2023. So, so that source of labor, no matter what sector you're in actually looks really difficult and, and kind of structurally different than a labor market we've experienced in a long time, maybe, maybe since the early 2000s, I guess, Hazel, right?
0: Yeah, we, we haven't seen a labor market this tight or, or the expectation of a, a labor market that will be this tight in, in a long time now. Um, we were at close to full employment just prior to the pandemic, but but even at that point um we weren't seeing quite the level of disruption that we are seeing now. So I suppose the, the pandemic has worsened things again. Um but yeah, as as you say, it's it's um almost a generational issue at the moment.
1: So if you have to summarize, I suppose for for listeners, Hazel, the economy and where it is where are we? Really, really strong demand and a lot of very messy problems for, for businesses to, to try and fix and, and navigate through next year.
0: Yeah, I suppose if I had to sum it up in a couple of words, it would be that, that on, on the positive side, we're, we're in a place of very strong growth and very strong demand, but that just brings its own new challenges. Um, unfortunately, that might not be what people want to hear, hopefully coming out the tail end of this pandemic, but that seems to be the outlook.
1: As always, uh, kind of every uh, every silver lining has a cloud. Um, and, and then I suppose in terms of the, the outlook over the next couple of weeks, we see restrictions coming back in. Our fundamental view is that, that that might change where money is spent. It might change the timing of it, but that that demand because high sale savings are so high because the, the consumer incomes are continuing to grow, that that's going to last through to next year. That, that that looks really strong from a domestic Point of view and really the next couple of months are about helping companies get through what's going to be really difficult winter period where uh, you're in that kind of group of companies who are being asked to to take pretty much most of the burden and uh, now of the of the economic burden i suppose of the of the covid uh, restrictions and um, just on a last point hazel in the kind of international outlook we're starting to see pressure on interest rates rising again um, we're starting to see uh, that growth come back really quickly. Is it, the is the Irish economic model, I suppose, where we're closely tied to US and Europe at the same time? Is there a chance that we get caught in a space where, where Europe's growing a little slower than us? We're going very very quickly, and we're probably in a in a, an asynchronous pattern with with the rest of Europe, where where we're on a kind of a half on American time, half on European time, and and. Interest rates might be too low for for where they should be for the economy.
0: Yeah, I think there's a definite risk. So um, I suppose we've seen this before, where the the Irish economy heads in one direction. The, the kind of uh eu average if you like heads in another and we we end up with monetary policy that maybe isn't uh best tailored to irish interests uh, i suppose that's always been the the trade-off and the um the choice to be made within the eu that on the one hand some of what's driving our um, our strong growth and and what's often the impact of the pandemic has been our our export model and that's heavily enabled by our EU membership, but I, I suppose the, everything comes with a price and the, the cost of that membership is uh, you you accept your monetary possi- uh, policy from the ECB and it's not always tailor-made exactly for your circumstances.
1: So so for for members out there, it's trying to manage companies through what is going to be a high-demand economy, um, both domestically in terms of that consumer spending, those savings rates. Externally, the global economy is going to pick up into next year, exports are going to grow, and then we have probably um, a, an interest rate cycle that that is going to uh, favour demand um, in in Ireland more so than it would um, if if it was reflective of the kind of fundamentals here rather than the European fundamentals. So, so all of that really leads to the same story: productivity has to go up. Um, you're going to have to have to work harder to to get more out of out of less and and this kind of labor market challenge is going to be really persistent um, but it's all good problems uh, so so look we'll we we'll leave it uh there the, there's a lot more detail on any of those questions in the outlook and again for our members or, or others who have, who have questions, feel free to get in contact with myself or with Hazel over the coming days or weeks and, and happy to answer any questions. And, and uh, hopefully, you all have a good Christmas um, if we're not back in the podcast before then.
0: IBEC, the
1: voice of Irish business.